the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. There was no freedom. People is like have a like really hard life and they go into the jail and then government kill them. The entire Sudanese civil war uh, it started in my hometown. Everybody's corrupted. Everyone is corrupted. There's the rebels. There's all these people fighting. They call you slave. Government don't let to us to go to the church. They came on the land and, you know, they were just just, just, just killing everybody. Well, I talked to my neighbor about Jesus. What they did, they fired on us. So everybody had to jump into the water. Her mother started to believe to Jesus, and then her husband killed her. It was nightmare, getting separated from your parents. That night, we were just seeing bullets. Like, I thought they were fireflies, but they were actually bullets. Her husband said, if I find who talked about you to the Jesus, I'm going to find them and I'm going to kill them too. escape and got into the mountains, into the forest. We had actually run uh, quite fast in the My parents, they say, like, we can live here anymore. And we found ourselves in a refugee camp in Ethiopia. I lived in a refugee camp for seven years. And we went to the United Nations. I did always pray about getting to a better place. Now that I've come here, I've got the freedom to go to school, um, study what I want, be who I want. You can wear whatever you want. You can go to the church. Here, I have opportunities. I'm studying biotechnology engineering and uh, graphic designing. My master's uh, in accounting. After I finished college, I want to be a lawyer. God always take up the chill and depend on us. I've asked him everything I've ever wanted and everything I've gotten. I mean, I saw how God is good. I was so touched by that video a year ago, even more so this year. From the God of our fathers, his grace his mercy, and his peace. There are three premises that I begin this message with, the hand of God in America. There are three basic premises. Premise number one, God is real. On this 4th of July weekend, pertaining to this nation, God is real. 
Second premise concerning this nation. Not you as an individual today, but this nation. Second premise. God's promises are real. And the third great premise. You can come to him in your prayers. And his power oversees everything. His power oversees everything. The text is Psalm 33 verse 12. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord God. Nations exist on this earth. They have different gods they worship. They have throughout the history of mankind. Here is a nation whose God is power. Here is a nation, an empire, whose God is the accumulation of other countries. Here is a nation whose God is the desire to lord it over others. Here is a nation whose God is to make the history books. It's one of the greatest nations the world has ever seen. Here is a nation whose God is money and wealth. Here is a nation whose God is the military. Psalm 33. Blessed is the nation whose God is the Lord God. And the people that he has chosen for his own inheritance. And if God has chosen a people as his inheritance, then he has expectations for them. The theme for this school year, act justly, love mercy, walk humbly with your God, is not just for individuals, it's for nations. Micah 6, 8, what three things does God require of this country? That we act justly, that we love mercy, and that we walk humbly with our God. I love that video. Usually we only hear about the bad things that are going on, the negative things that are going on. And we hesitate because of all the negative news and the dark spirits to say that America is a nation blessed by God. And then you see this video and you have a small, small fragment of the enormous good that God allows this nation to do. The United States of America, a great and glorious nation. God has made it magnificent. Not our technologies, not our scientists, not our politicians, not our pioneer spirits. God has made it magnificent. We proudly sing, my country, tis of thee, sweet land of liberty. And when we see the flags flying all over the place these next few days... We hum that tune o'er the land of the free and the home of the brave. I firmly believe, my head is not buried in the sand, I firmly believe that the Almighty One has made America 
his chosen land. Drew showed me some videos this past week that he wanted to play, and I remember the one from last year, and I want to play it again. God has chosen this country, be his chosen land, for the purposes seen on that screen, for this nation of all nations on the earth to do those three things, to act justly, to love mercy, to walk humbly with our God. Do we always do that? No. We fall under the category of 1 Corinthians 7.15. The good I want to do, I don't always do. And the evil that I don't want to do, that's what I sometimes end up doing. God has chosen this land to be his beacon on this earth. I believe it with all my heart. Matthew 5, 16, for a nation, let your light so shine before men that those in the Congo and those in the Sudan and those throughout this world might see your light and give thanks and praise to God. Matthew 25, do we feed the hungry as a country? Yes. Do we give drink to the thirsty? Yes. Do we put clothes on the naked as a country? Yes. Do we visit those who are sick all over this world? Yes. Do we visit those in prisons? Yes. There has been none other like it in all the annals of human civilization. None. Great empires, Assyria, Babylon, Medo-Persian... Egyptian Roman Empire. But we have what they did not. We have those three things coming from the hand of God upon a Christian nation. We act justly in our better moments. We love mercy in our better moments. And we walk humbly with our God in our better moments. If it was said of the promised land in the Old Testament, it was a land of milk and honey. If it was said of Israel in the Old Testament, the promised land, there were sheep upon a thousand hills. We will add waving fields of grain. We will add the boundless prairies of the west, the timber giants of the north, the white cotton fields of sunny Dixie. In our better moments, a land of great peace, a land in which love is extended all over this world, a land of democracy and song, where we live like kings and queens. My sister-in-law took a mission trip this past week. She came back saying the same thing that I say when I get back from El Salvador. I realize how God has blessed this nation. And I realize that sometimes the blessing takes us away from him. Because we have so many things that distract us from him. 
wherein so many nations on this earth, all they have is food and shelter. And the God who brought those things to them still haunts me at times, the children in El Salvador, praying when they wake up in the morning, Lord, thank you for making me alive as I woke up today. Does any in America pray such a prayer? From the days when the Christopher Columbus sailed the uncharted waters of the stormy Atlantic until the current day of this republic, there has been the principle of democracy, justice, faith, and freedom. Two days before Christopher Columbus lands on these shores, he writes down in his log, appearing to have been lost, appearing to have lost the faith of those on that boat with him. For he wrote two days before he landed, I shall continue until I have reached my goal with the protection and guidance of God himself. And the first thing he did when he landed on these shores was to get down on his hands and knees and thank God for his guidance and his protection. And no, long, no sooner does he offer a prayer of thanksgiving than he asks God to be with them in the weeks and months that lie ahead. Reminded me of Noah when he got off that ark. He wasn't on that ark for 40 days or 40 nights. He was on that ark for another 180 days. Another six months while the earth dries. And then there's two more weeks when he sends out the birds and finally the dove comes back. And when he gets off that boat after some seven or eight months on it, he kneels down, builds a little altar, sacrifices one of those animals on the ark to God, gives him thanks, and then says to God, Help us as we rebuild and move forward. The same deep religious spirit promulgated our early settlers. First Charter of Virginia, dated April 1606. It indicates that the primary purpose of the English colonization was to bring Christianity to the other ends of the earth. And at that time, we were the other ends of the earth. Acts chapter 1, verse 8, And Jesus said to the disciples, Go to Jerusalem, stay in the city until the Holy Spirit comes. And when he comes, I'm going to send you out. Some to Jerusalem, some to Samaria, some to Judea, and some to the other ends of the earth. Historical record, 95% of all of the early charters of land and the establishment of communities. One purpose, to glorify God and to bring Jesus Christ to this world. The gentleman from Sudan The girl from Iran, the young student from the Congo, what do they have in common? They have in common a visitation 
from God. I was touched by Tom Zodani last night as he prayed before I came in here. He said, Lord, I thank you that Trinity can worship tonight and tomorrow without fear after leaving this building of being persecuted or jailed or put to death because we have worshipped our God. Before they ever landed at Plymouth Rock, they are writing that Mayflower Compact in the cabin of that little ship, 1620. And as they wrote that Mayflower Compact, they said, when we land upon those shores, two things will happen. We will glorify God, and we will advance the Christian faith. It saved us. Do you realize that? It saved us. Two years after Plymouth, Massachusetts was established, an Indian came late afternoon. He said to those settlers in that village, Tonight my tribe will come. They will annihilate all of you. I am giving you warning because I want you saved. And when they asked the Native American, the Indian, why he had done that, he said, Your Jesus has taught me a different way. Love and not hate. I mention Stephen Chapman twice every year. I have for the last six years. I mention him on Thanksgiving. I mention him on the 4th of July weekends. It was the 10th anniversary of 9-11. He writes an editorial in the Chicago Tribune. Colleagues said to him, Can you believe, Steve, can you believe that a decade has gone by and stadiums have not been blown up? And buildings have not been blown up? And houses of worship with thousands of people in them have not been blown up? The colleague said to Stephen, how do you explain that? And Stephen Chapman said to him, I do not think I believe in God. But I will say to you, there is a higher power that has always watched over and protected this country. And that higher power still watches over and protects this country, it is not homeland security. It is not the genius of the Americans that have protected us. It is a higher power that watches over this. Those words from an atheist. My goodness gracious. Battle of Lexington. The Patriots run to a church for prayer. And then they come running out to save the Republic with the minister leading the way with a musket in his hand. The evening before Bunker Hill, the army gathers on Cambridge Common before proceeding to fortify that hill. A gentleman, well esteemed, asked them to 
kneel down. And that gentleman who was the president of Harvard College, he leads them in prayer, asking for God's protection of the republic and of the men who will fight for it. After George Washington crosses the ice-filled Delaware, 1776, wins the great victory at Trenton. He lifts his hands to heaven, and in front of all of those soldiers, he thanks Almighty God for the victory that was impossible, except God himself was there. A decade ago was in front of the Declaration of Independence in Independence Hall. I was surprised that the signatures of most of the great leaders had almost become invisible. But I will never forget the last words of that document. For some reason or other in high school and in college when we studied it, the last words didn't affect me as much as it did when I saw it. The last words of the document of the Declaration of Independence says this, for the support of this declaration. In other words, for any of that which we have written to actually occur, we will look with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. For any of this which is written in the Declaration of Independence, we will look with firm reliance on the protection of divine providence. Before Pickett's historic charge at Gettysburg, the Confederate chaplain got the men down on their knees, led them in prayer. And a few minutes later on the field, the commanders rode along the line. And the commander came up to the general and said to him, This is a most desperate charge. I think all will be lost. And the Confederate general said, True. But the issue is not ours. The issue is God's. And we must leave this whole matter in his hands. Are you and I saints? Yes. Are you and I sinners? Yes. Good I want to do, don't do. Evil that I don't want to do, that's what I end up doing. Is this country a saintly country? Yes. Is it a sinful country? Yes. That's why we pray, do we not? That's why we pray for our country and its leaders every day. A foreigner came to our shores 30 years ago. He traversed the country, talked to many mayors, congressmen, ended up writing a book. He had come here 30 years ago to discover the secret of the greatness of America. And when he was finished, after six months, he went back home and he wrote, The secret of the greatness of America is their faith in God. 
and their trust in him. They're two separate things, people. Faith in God, that he hovers over this land as he hovers over this world, as he hovered over the first day of the creation. Faith in the reality of God. Faith in the fact that we can pray to him and he hears. Faith that his promises are real. If you stay close to me and my commands, I'll bless you. The other thing is trust in God. Trust manifests itself when things are difficult. When you had a day like yesterday, if you have nothing going on in your life, you sit on the back porch and you look around you and you breathe deeply and you say, can it get any better than this? Can it get any better than this? Perfect day if nothing is going on in your life. Your trust in God comes when the trials come. For this nation, civil unrest, racial inequality. For this nation, civil wars, international wars, acts of terrorism, there are a million things that can keep you awake at night. You pray to God because you believe he's real. His promises are real. Your prayers are heard. I prayed to God this past week at a Voters Assembly meeting, prayed for 48 hours. God's presence was there. Always does something to me when God takes difficult situations and makes peaceful outcomes. And I figure if he can do that at a voters' meeting, if he can do it at, in my own personal life with stuff going on all the time, he can do it with regards to this country. I close with the words of Abraham Lincoln. He said one time, I don't know where the ship of life will finally take me, but there is one thing I do know. I know the pilot of that ship, and I have been assured all along the way of my life by the touch of his hand on mine. I know the pilot of the ship, and throughout my life, I have felt the touch of his hand on mine. Blessed be the nation whose God is the Lord God, and the people that he has chosen for his inheritance, that this nation might act justly, love mercy, walk humbly, with our God. In his powerful name, amen. Friends, would you rise as we pray? Heavenly Father, today, tomorrow, weeks, months, years to come, we will experience the fruits of freedom. Whether we know it or not, only one leper out of the ten actually returned to give him thanks. Whether we know it or not, Every single day in this country, we experience the fruits of freedom. And Heavenly Father, when we experience those fruits of freedom, may we remember on a daily basis to give thanks to you for your protection over this land. Prayers that we might be better at doing what you would have your people do. 
forgiving our sins, granting us wisdom, guidance, and direction. Be with your people in the name of our Savior. Amen. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. With in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records to the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn. Deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com. salemnow.com.